Welcome back to Mosaic, the podcast from Education Development Center. Mosaic is a place to explore pressing challenges in education, health, and economic opportunity around the world. I'm Burke Ronofsky, Senior Editor at EDC. Many schools have implemented social and emotional learning programs to promote kindness, compassion, and empathy. But how can school administrators figure out whether these programs are actually making a difference in students' behavior? EDC's Diana Wogan and Josh Cox have both been thinking about this question. Diana has been working with school districts to support their implementation of SEL programs, while Josh recently authored a new study on tools for measuring social and emotional learning skills. In this podcast, they provide some guidance to administrators who want to measure the impact that these programs are having. Josh and Diana, it's great to have you on today. And why don't we start with some brief introductions? So Diana, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks so much for having us. My name is Diana Wogan, and I'm a project director at Education Development Center. And um, a lot of my projects that I work on are related to social emotional learning or SEL. So I co-facilitate the Social and Emotional Learning Research Alliance for our regional educational laboratory with Josh, who's also on today. Um, I also work on a couple other projects where I provide support to schools and districts or state education agencies as they're trying to address students' social and emotional learning. And uh, Josh, what is your role at EDC? Sure, thanks. Uh, So my name is Josh Cox. I'm a research associate too at EDC. Most of my work is conducted through our contract to operate the Regional Educational Laboratory, where I, um, as Diana mentioned, I I co-lead the Social and Emotional Learning Research Alliance. So both of you, thanks for being here. And uh, I want to jump into the topic at hand, which is social-emotional learning, or SEL. SEL has really taken off in K-12 schools. Diana, you've worked with some districts who want to implement these programs. Why are administrators really interested in SEL learning and SEL skills? Yeah, well, I keep hearing from school and district staff that they're seeing more and more of their students come in who are experiencing anxiety or who have experienced some kind of trauma. And they really want to be able to give these kids skills to deal with different emotions and experiences. And SEL is a way to do that. And it's also a way to promote things like relationship skills and self-awareness for all students, whether they display something like anxiety or not. Uh, Give us a few examples of SEL interventions that schools are using. So what do these interventions look like in practice? Uh, So there's a lot of evidence-based SEL interventions and programs out there. Some of the ones that I see schools using a lot are responsive classroom, open circle, second step, or playworks. These are just a handful. Um, So responsive classroom really addresses the classroom environment and discipline through having a morning meeting to help create a sense of community. They also focus on having teachers use positive language with students, um, and they develop rules and logical consequences in discipline. And then Open Circle um, also has a, a large meeting. They have these Open Circle meetings a couple times a week where they have discussions and activities, and this helps to build relationships and support a safe school climate. Um, and Second Step has lessons that cover skills like showing compassion or being a respectful learner. And the delivery is different for different grade levels. So for younger learners, they might use puppets to convey a lesson and older students might play games. Um, So there's different ways they deliver those lessons. And then Playworks comes in the form of organized recess activities or other games to foster teamwork. So it sounds like a lot of these interventions are, are really covering the same sort of body of skills. So how are districts and district administrators and school principals currently assessing whether these SEL programs are are making a difference when they roll them out in schools? 
There's a lot of different ways that I see districts um, assessing these skills and whether these programs are making a difference. So some of those are using student surveys. So asking the students themselves, having them respond to different questions, um, having using teacher observations. So teachers can um, observe students throughout the course of these lessons and over time to see how things have changed. Some SEL programs come with their own assessments, so that can be helpful. And I also see schools and districts using proxy data, such as school climate surveys or school attendance or bullying incidents to understand how things have changed over time. So Josh, I want to bring you in now, and let's turn to some of the research about this issue. You were lead author on a report titled, A Review of Instruments for Measuring Social and Emotional Learning Skills Among Secondary School Students. And that report was published through the Regional Education Laboratory Northeastern Islands, where, where you work. So I'm wondering if you can tell us about the study and, and also how it came about. Sure. So the RELS Social and Emotional Learning Research Alliance is comprised of uh, school and district leaders that help us to identify uh, some of the biggest challenges that they're tackling as they're implementing social and emotional learning in schools. And one challenge that we heard from our members was that they needed more information about instruments that measure social and emotional learning skills. And more specifically, uh, we heard that schools and districts need more information about what instruments are available, uh, the appropriate uses of existing instruments, and the reliability and validity of those instruments. And so we actually decided to partner on the report with one district that has representation on the Alliance, uh, Champlain Valley School District in Vermont. And Champlain Valley is working to develop social and emotional learning skills and wanted to be able to identify some measures to track their progress. And so we stepped in uh, to partner with them to address this need by conducting a systematic review of instruments uh, that measure three skills that they decided to prioritize in the district. And these skills are collaboration, perseverance, and self-regulated learning. And in that publication, besides uh, identifying instruments that measure these skills, we also reported the intended uses of the instruments, as well as the reliability and validity information that was available for each of the instruments. Got it. So what did you end up learning through this research? So a couple of things. In total, uh, we identified 16 instruments measuring at least one of our three targeted skills. Now, there's a lot of information in the report that I hope that folks will find to be helpful, um, but I'll share one big piece that we learned. So, as I mentioned earlier, many schools are looking to better understand the appropriate uses of existing instruments, and there are uh, typically two categories of uses for instruments, formative and summative. And one reason that schools are interested in better understanding the appropriate uses of instruments is that there is some question about whether existing instruments should be used for summative assessment. And to help give you a bit of context, informative assessments, schools can use results produced by the instrument to inform instructional change. And in summative assessments, on the other hand, the intention is to assign a final rating or score to each student by comparing each student against the standard or benchmark. And these comparisons can be used, for example, to assess the effectiveness of a teacher, school, or district. And additionally, these comparisons might also be used to determine whether a student should be, be promoted to the next grade level or graduate. And so for these reasons, summative measures are perceived as having higher stakes and instruments used for summative purposes traditionally require more stringent reliability and validity evidence before use. I should mention that in our report, we added a third category because we saw that there were several instruments that were uh, instead developed for use in research. And so among the instruments, the 16 instruments that we identified, 11 were developed for use in research, 
five were developed for formative instruction, and we found no information that suggested that any of the instruments should be used for summative purposes. Now, that last finding about summative assessments is really important. I think it's probably expected for two reasons. So first, as I mentioned before, instruments used for summative purposes require more stringent reliability and validity evidence. And second, many instruments measuring social and emotional learning skills are fairly new and instrument developers and researchers are still collecting evidence on their reliability and validity. So um, one of the findings of the report is that many schools are using SEL assessments that lack components of validity or, or fairness. I think you touched on this in your, your answer before. Can you briefly explain what that means and why those considerations are really important? Sure. So for each of the instruments that we identified, we also indicated whether reliability and validity information was available for the instrument. The good news is that um, we found that all instruments that we looked at had information on reliability. All instruments also had information on content validity, and many had information on structural and external validity. Um, and for more information you know, on each of these components, I'll refer listeners to the report. But it is important to note, however, that no instruments, as you mentioned, had information on substantive validity. And this is important because substantive validity is necessary to understand whether students process the instrument's questions or tasks as the developers intended. And so if students aren't understanding the content of questions, I think you'll agree that, that that's problematic. And so uh, we would have liked to see these instruments offer some evidence of substantive validity. It's also important to note that only uh, three of the 16 instruments had information on fairness. And this is important since fairness helps us to understand whether a measure is valid for comparing scores between different subgroups of students. And so this speaks to whether a measure is biased against some groups of students. And so again, we would have liked to see these instruments offer some evidence of fairness. Let's bring both of your perspectives together now. And, you know, Josh, you were the lead researcher on this report. And Diana, you've read the report, and I know you've also worked with a lot of districts that are trying to implement SEL programs. So what big ideas do both of you take away from this research about how district administrators should be assessing the SEL programs that they're implementing in schools? A really important takeaway from this report is that it's um, key to be selective when assessing SEL. And although understanding things like reliability and validity can be difficult, there are really simple questions that schools and districts can ask when they're considering assessment. Um, so step one in this report is to ask, you know, what skills do you want to measure? What students are you planning to assess? And what's the purpose for assessing? And that's the right first step for schools to take. And Josh, what about you? Yeah, a couple of things. So as Diana mentioned, you know, I think schools should be very clear about those specific skills they'd like to have an impact on. And during that process of identifying skills, I would encourage schools to look to the research literature. And so Castle uh, calls out that they should be meaningful, meaning that they have an impact on long-term student outcomes. Measurable, meaning they can be assessed in a school setting and malleable, meaning that they're uh, able to be developed in a school setting. Second, you know, they can follow a similar outline to what we've done in our report. They can identify a pool of instruments using a set of eligibility criteria that's specific to their context. And finally, they should really examine the intended uses as well as the reliability and validity information that's available for those instruments to make sure that the instrument is valid and reliable for all students. So if each of you were talking to a school principal or a district administrator who wanted to improve their efforts to assess SEL programming, what specific advice would you give them? I'd say, you know, don't rush into selecting an assessment. You know, I, I think a lot of times, 
you know, people are, you know, really want to just get started, um, which is great, but, you know, it's important to do the groundwork and think ahead. So really be specific about what you want to use the assessment information for. What are you going to do with it? And then once you have it, how will you review it? How will you use it? Who will you review it with? Will you share the results with families and students? And if so, how are you gonna share that? And thinking about these things ahead of time can be really helpful and also help you to determine and identify you know, what kind of an assessment you want to use. Schools right now are already collecting so much data. Um, you wanna make sure it's not a huge burden to collect some additional information and make sure you're really using it um, the way you want to. I know each of you has worked with school districts and you've you've studied this issue thoroughly as well. I'm wondering if there are examples of schools that you think are really doing this well, whether it's how they've implemented the SEL program or how they're assessing the initiatives that they've they've undertaken, or even how they think about going through the, the data that they've collected. Give us some examples of, of districts that are that you think are doing this well. Yeah, I can start. Um, the uh, the core districts, which include several large districts in the state of California, have had a lot of success measuring social emotional learning. And I believe that they use uh, a student survey in grades five to 12 to measure uh, students' self-efficacy, growth mindset, self-management, and social awareness. Um, and there've been some really great reports coming out of a group called Policy Analysis for California Education or PACE um, that have examined trends in student social emotional learning using evidence from the core districts. Some districts that I've seen do this really well have um, put together some kind of community team to work on SEL and to look at what the needs of their students are and also what programs or practices could help meet those needs. Instead of having it just be some universal decision that someone in the central office or a principal makes, having a lot of voices come together can be really helpful. So for example, there's a district in Massachusetts, Taunton, that put together a community input team. And they've been meeting for over a year to really look into how to best implement an SEL curriculum. And they've surveyed staff, they've looked at different curricula, um, and they've selected a few to pilot, and then they'll um, start to implement um, the curricula that work um, once they pilot that. So it's, you know, collecting a lot of information, having a lot of people at the table once you're doing this, and being really intentional and taking your time. That's great. That's really great advice to end on, I think. So uh, Diane and Josh, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about uh, SEL, and good luck with all your work. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Mosaic. To learn more about EDC's work to support social and emotional learning in the United States and around the world, visit us online at edc.org.